I tell you guys that I watched that documentary or that uh, biopic finally? The Elton John one? Elton John. Yeah, it was good. I really liked that movie. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I was over at uh, Merrill's house the other day and watched Definitely it. not goat musical, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Since it's the three of us, I, I should have voted Les Mis. I, that was the vote. I, that, I was going to pick that one. And I did the dumb thing and just tried and voted for the Chris's to try to keep the peace or not cause a fight. And it just caused a bigger fight. <laughs> so I should have just been like, you know what? Good, it's Les Mis. Uh, let's see. I think you two... I should get uh, Gina and Jesse and do a goat musical redo episode. <laughs> Just have the four of you. Like, Troy and Chris are out. Let's screw their opinions. Let's actually get some people who know musicals and actually talk about it. That'd be fun. I'm glad we have it recorded that uh, Les Mis should have won. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. I think we found an intro. <laughs> yeah, screw you, Chris. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Cold Bow Podcast. This is Jake, and I'm here with my cold bros. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. how you doing? Doing well. We're we're riding one one short today. Chris couldn't make it. He uh, had something going on. I don't. I'm not really sure. Didn't really ask. He's got uh, he's got something going on. He couldn't make it. So sorry, Chris. We'll do better without you. It's kind of funny. Um, a lot of people during this. Um, what? <laughs> we'll do better without you. <laughs> sorry, you're not here, but you suck. <laughs> Uh, um, I was going to say, it's kind of funny that uh, a lot of people during this uh, coronavirus quarantine thing, a lot of people are out of work, um, but a lot of people are the opposite, have a lot going on. Yeah. And then on top of that, have to stay home with their kids. And yeah, I that, think a lot, I, a lot of us are in that boat. And it's. I don't necessarily want to speak for Chris too much, but uh, I know that he works from home. But his wife is a nurse, so his wife is at the hospital all day. She works at the hospital all day, yeah. And then he works, so he's working from home, and he takes care of three children. Mm-hmm. One of them uh, being one of them. One of them is not. Old. One of them's not one yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's got he's got uh, three children, and he's trying to work from home, and yeah. he's like I just I and then he's going to school. Him and I are going to school at nights, uh, and it's every night five days a week like it just it's insane i don't know how he does it it's crazy it, his his schedule yeah. is so insane so our uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to chris in this troubling time yeah man yep. but <laughs> we're gonna have a better episode without you we're gonna have a way better episode without you <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> uh what have you guys been up to oh man okay so I'm going to do what I do best uh, and I'm going to go first and say that... uh, Hey, you can only go first if you take 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I have been watching for the first time. I've heard so much about it and I've decided that I would take the plunge. And so I've been watching um, the animated Clone Wars, Star Wars Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. I started that and finished it. Yeah. I've been watching that. There's a lot actually, there. there is a lot. There's 
seventh season. I think the seventh season may have just ended, or they're 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 going right now with the seventh season. But the first five seasons are like regular TV shows. So there's 22 episodes a season, and so it's just it's and then there's a two hour movie to start the whole mm-hmm. thing. It's it's a it's a lot of content, which is great. What I love about the show is that uh, before Disney took over, so it's all legends now, but before Disney took over, uh, it was produced by George Lucas and it was canon. Mm -hmm. So all the stuff that happened in the show is canon for Star Wars, Mm -hmm. which is freaking awesome to me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so cool how much, because there's so much lore that happens in those episodes. Like yeah, they get I, into like the what are they like the old ones or like these like godlike creature people. I I just watched an episode where they like ended up on some strange planet and there was this old man that was the balance between good and the light yeah, side and, and the dark and side son and, and son and daughter. The, there was the bro- brother and si- yeah the son yeah. and daughter the brother and sister that were like the physical embodiment of the light side and the dark side of the force mm. and it was Anakin like trying to come to terms with. Like, oh, I see his side, I see her side. I'm trying to, like, be on both sides of this and trying to find the balance. And, it like, there, it was so, so – there was a series of three episodes, and it was so lore-heavy that I was like, I don't know if kids – it's definitely 100% a kid's show. Yeah. But I don't know if kids would understand what it is that they're even watching with that, with those episodes specifically. Uh, but I picked so much up from it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is so cool!" I watched um, this YouTuber called Star Wars Theory that talked about the those characters. I did. And, and I've, mo- I've been watching Star Wars Theory as well, dude. He's awesome. He's great. Uh, and most, I mean, most of the most of the content he gets for that show comes from um, the Clone Wars. Well, it's because there's seven seasons. Mm-hmm. Dave Filoni, the guy, the the guy who created the Clone Wars, he created Rebels. He's he's made more star Wars content than any other person alive. Yeah. Like, and so he's got, but something else that we did, I actually um, was at my parents' house last night and we, I finished season three at their house. And then when it was done, my mom was talking to me about star Wars and she was talking to me about um, Anakin and all this. And I was t- talking to dad about all this, the lore and all this stuff. And then we were talking about, uh, uh, I was talking about episode three because this all takes place in between episode two and episode three. Right. So I was talking about episode three and how much I loved episode three. And so mom was asking about it. And so we watched episode three and it like, I, I always get super emotionally invested into the, the fight scene at the end because oh, yeah. Because uh, that's a great, and we we talk go, visit our Star Wars episode, mm-hmm. uh, Cold Bow's Star Wars episode. If you want to hear more about this, because I loved the fight scene at the end. It, of it was the three. lightsaber battles. That was the, the lightsaber. Did that one yeah, win? The did lightsaber battle. Goat. I don't remember. Anyway, did it? I I don't remember. But that that it's my goat because yeah. that the emotional impact of Obi Wan screaming at at Anakin yeah. like you were my brother. You were supposed to to destroy the sith not join like all that the emotional it, it impact all that. A lot. It's, it's joked about a lot but man that when i think of like an emotional fight and i i i think we i i remember talking about this very thing in that episode but that's what i think about is that so great yeah, i think out of all of star wars lightsaber battles that one definitely had the most emotion for sure but <clears throat> so there's that 
but I got I felt more emotion uh watching that last movie watching episode three when I watched Commander Cody take the shot at Obi-Wan Kenobi on his lizard. Oh and he shot because he got order sixty six and he's got these uh, inhibitor chips and in they're installed in their brains. And if you watch the Clone Wars TV show, you know that Commander Cody, the clone, Commander Cody and Obi-Wan Kenobi are like this. Really? They're like best friends. They love each other. Interesting. They, they're, they're, they're such close friends. But Commander Cody has the inhibitor chip in his brain that won't allow him to disobey an order. And so when Order 66 comes in, he shoots down Obi-Wan Kenobi without question. And then you see every other, you see all the other star uh, masters get shot down by all these different uh, clones. And after watching Clone Wars, the TV show, you realize how much the clones look up to the Jedi, how much they like the Jedi, their close relationships. And that part had so much more of an emotional impact to me than it ever had before Hmm. because before it was just clones. It was it was it was just stormtroopers that I was seeing doing that. But now after seeing the show and like seeing their anyway, sorry, I ran so Scott, there you go. There's my fifteen well, minutes. So um, no, this is funny though because like it, uh, didn't haven't they announced that uh, uh, is it Ahsoka is that her name is going to be on uh, the Mandalorian? Mandalorian yeah. season two. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rosario Dawson. They they. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cast. So I think that's great. Like because uh, if you're not familiar, great casting too. Ahsoka was um was the main the, character. Well, she was trained by Anakin. By Anakin. Yeah. And it's she's a super interesting character too because she season one of Clone Wars she's super annoying. Yeah. But she's like a teenage girl, so most to most adults a teenage girl is annoying, but then as she grows through the seasons and through the episodes, like you, you really start to like appreciate who she is and you like her more as a character and you start seeing her like, like Anakin sees her as the like learner and she's trying hard. It's super fantastic. I highly, highly recommend clone wars. And then I've heard that the TV show rebels is even better. So I'm looking forward to that too. So, So anyway, that's what I've been up to watching clone wars it's been super fun cool also buying uh my my tiger king hawaiian t hawaiian shirts i actually I, didn't I, notice the tigers until you just pointed out we yeah, have been in here we've been sitting here bullshitting for 35 minutes and i barely <laughs> noticed uh, yeah i just barely noticed your throwback to a couple weeks ago <laughs> when i had when we did our tiger king episode there's my my uh there it is. Big cats. Dude, that, that, that's a dead meme by now. Come on. <laughs> I know, right? It's old. I've anyway. um, I still see lots of Carol Baskin memes. It's pretty great. Um, I've been watching Westworld. Um mm. I just started it. So if you have spoilers, don't give them to me because I just finished season one. What's funny about Westworld? I've only it, seen season one, but I loved it. It was great. Oh man. I um <clears throat> the bad guy did it. That's your spoiler. Dude, spoiler, man! I can't that even plug true. my ears. The bad guy did do it. <laughs> no, um, so I. But also, the good guy did it. That's Gross. true. That's fair. That actually is a lot more of a spoiler. <laughs> well, well, with with modern TV and and film, that's usually the case as well. Right. So um, it's funny because I tried to watch Westworld like five different times, and I could only make it like halfway through the first episode, and then 
I just couldn't make it or for whatever reason. So finally I just sat back and I just watched. I was like, okay, that was, that was great. And then I just kept watching and watching and, uh, it's a great show. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where they go with it after the end of season one. Cause yeah. the season one, like the, the, the premise behind Westworld is it's, it's a futuristic story told about, um, uh, it's a, a theme park that's based in the wild, wild west. And the west, the all of the westerners, wild, did I just wild, wild west with yeah, Will Smith, <laughs> Will Smith shows up? It's crazy <laughs> in the wild west, damn it. <laughs> um, and all of the all of the the hashtag 90s kid, I know, right? All of the uh, all of the they call them hosts, they're all robots, but they're super hyper realistic. And you can do whatever you want if you're a guest and you come to this park, you can do whatever you want. You can have sex with the robots, you can shoot them, you can kill them, you can do whatever you want. Um, torture them, it gets pretty dark, it gets really, really dark. But the the premise behind the story is it turns really quickly into this whole like uh, creator versus the created um, aspect, um, which is really, really compelling. And the is story, it, yeah, the robots start gaining sentience yeah like the consciousness and and uh uh conscience conscience not conscious conscience and then we guess you get to a point where you're not sure if someone's a robot or not uh no no you pretty much know that everybody is a robot or not you know what you get is what does it mean to be human (laughs) yeah Um, and and this was this was the the original because this was a a a movie in like the 70s or something it was written by the Crichton, Michael Crichton. Oh, was mm-hmm. okay. Um, yeah, Yul Brenner was was the star of that movie. Interesting. Love it. Love a Yul Brenner reference. But uh, yeah, Westworld. That's what I've been up to. That's a great show. Highly sure. recommend that show. I need to finish it, but yeah. I need to get a I need to get a HBO subscription before I can start watching that one. Yeah. Anyway. So I. Uh, we were talking about some true crime stuff before we, we started recording, before we started the episode. And uh, it made me think of, I just watched this uh, or listened to and watched a, an episode of Joe Rogan podcast with a guy named Tom O'Neill, who wrote this book. He spent 20 years writing a book, a single book about the um, Manson family murders. Oh, yeah. And, and, but it, and, and how, it is absolutely crazy. You need to go listen to this because it's about like how, um, what is it? Like, like the, um, LSD, uh, testing the government was doing on people. And, um, it all lines up with, with, uh, Charles, uh, with Manson being subject to LSD from the government and being one of their subjects and kind of learning how to do it on people and that's how he got his following was was mimicking uh anyway it's crazy it is absolutely nuts and it goes super deep um he wrote this book called chaos charles manson and the cia in the 60s or something like that anyway it's it is the cool it's it's crazy like i like it's it's hard not to be interested in the Charles Manson family thing. Cause it's sure. so interesting and crazy, but this is comes at it from a whole different angle that I had that it kind of blindsided me it is it's pretty cool. I'm really interested. I, um, who, who, what was the podcast that you and I both listened to Scott that they talk? It, it was the, uh, was it was, stuff uh, you should know or yeah, was it stuff you should, no know, dumb question. Stuff you it, should it, know? That it, was, 
that was wild. Yeah, yeah, and and they did like like basically this Tom O'Neill guy because there's the famous book Helter Skelter. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And he basically disproves that whole thing, and it actually from his findings the 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 author it was also like involved in some of the court proceedings and stuff of Helter Skelter. He like has a bunch of dirt on him and uh, is anyway, it, it's, it's crazy. Interesting. I want to, I want to, have yeah, you seen, go, go listen to it. Have you seen yeah. once upon a time in Hollywood yet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, I have. Dude, <laughs> it's, it's the Manson family. Yeah. Story. Well, what, sort of sort side of. story. What but should it's, have uh, happened? <laughs> but it's uh, it's totally Quentin Tarantinoized. Yeah, and it is so so interesting. You gotta think, watch that. One. Think Inglorious Bastards, but um, <laughs> but uh, uh, Marilyn F- Marilyn Mar- the <laughs> Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> that was me troy that was me i'm the one who said marilyn first okay okay i meant charlie charlie manson (laughs) anyway uh let's get into the episode guys what um we did last season season two one of our most popular episodes that everybody really liked was the uh steve martin episode that we did um i that was one of my favorite episodes mainly because the the uh research was so much fun. Yeah, I think we all enjoyed the homework. That was great. It was so great. Uh, so we've decided to do another one. Um, and today we're going to talk about Bill Murray. Uh, Bill Murray. I know it's not his middle name, but I'm just so excited about this show. Uh, the, Bill Murray is the legend, right? Dude, he's going to be 70 this year. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. Yeah. That's wild, dude. He's a the the when I think of Bill Murray's, I always think of all the twists and turns his career's done. Like he, yeah. he's yeah. The, the different type because he 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 gets typecast and then breaks typecast and then gets typecast again and then breaks and then he he's he's kind of just always breaking typecast. It feels like seriously. You look at his old movies mm-hmm. like like his original one. The what was the first one? Meatballs. He was mm-hmm. the. Uh, he was the camp counselor in Meatballs, and then you look at like Caddyshack and and those ones where he was just kind of uh he was this really weird character that was off the wall. Seemed like he was well, just constantly a high. lot of a lot of his early ones. Yeah, he he's kind of the the really confident womanizer, you mm-hmm. know. Caddyshack well, that was the next iteration of him, because <clears throat> the first iteration was was like Caddyshack, where he he was just like. We some dude that just showed up that and that that's Caddyshack, that's Meatball, that's all these movies. And but then, like the next iteration, you get like Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and Stripes. And, yeah, that's when he's the confident, and he's the super confident womanizer. He's like, which is super great. And then you get then then later on, you get the well. What's interesting? But, but it's was, funny because was... he's not classically handsome. So it's like that that character coming out of him, I've always enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, Chevy Chase said that his uh, face looked like something Neil Armstrong landed on. <laughs> <laughs> that was him and that, Chevy Chase famously was, did not get along. That was they in that their their feud that they had the the Saturday Night Live feud that that mm-hmm. caused the big rift between them two. That was one thing that uh, they said to Bill Murray. <laughs> hilarious um i've heard stories of that because brian brian doyle murray his brother who is in almost all of his movies he's the 
the mayor of Punxsutawney. In, yeah. Yeah. What about, I, I always think of him as the, the record pro- or the, the main businessman in um, Wayne's world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian Doyle Murray was a writer on Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and he talks about how he had to split up Bill Murray and Chevy Chase when they got in their fist fight behind, and mm-hmm. like during the live taping, they got into a fist fight, and Brian Doyle Murray had to get in the middle of them and like split them apart. And he was just talking about how it was so wild, like in the middle of a live taping, they just, they they went at it and. What's interesting about Bill Murray is that he really, we were kind of talking about this beforehand. He really didn't have that many lead roles until probably like the late eighties, early nineties. He was, he was very often just the, um, the side. And, and even, even then, actor, you know? Yeah. Even then, like even now he, he's not often the, the lead. Yeah. I, I think Groundhog Day might be his, one of his only movies where he's the sole lead. He carried the movie. I mean, by Garfield and Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have any regrets? Uh, maybe Garfield. <laughs> you know, actually, I was so again. We're, we're we're talking about Garfield. I actually read that he joined that. Um, uh, decided to join that movie because he read that it was written by uh, Joel Cohen. Yep. But he thought it was Joel Cohen. So Joel Cohen with an H. But he thought it was actually Joel Cohen. I think of the Cohen. Oh, he brothers. thought it was the Cohen yeah. brothers. Yeah. Thought, yeah. So he joined the movie thinking it was yep. being made by a different, by a different person. <laughs> but he made a sequel. He made two of them. I'm sure he signed a deal. Which, which I'm makes, sure he made a lot of money doing it. So which makes his line about about Garfield in uh, in Zombieland even that much that much. Oh my god! He, he accidentally agreed to that role. That is um, so funny. But it is interesting. He's actually taken a couple in his career some uh, um, leave of absences. Uh, he mm-hmm. he did. Um, I've got my notes here pulled up. I apologize if I'm just being a little slow. Um, but he did uh, those uh, like uh, Caddyshack, uh, Stripes, um, Meatballs. And then uh, in, in like 84, he took a break and then came back. Um, and then in, uh, in 88 and 89, he did Scrooge and Ghostbusters too. Which is interesting though, because that's like a four-year a four-year break. That's fairly early in his career. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a ballsy move. Yeah. He he also has, and this is we're gonna talk about this a little bit uh, later on in the episode, but he's like uh notoriously difficult to work with mm-hmm. on set mm-hmm. because he just kind of shows up when he wants to. He'll show up four hours late and be like, sorry, guys, I was shooting a round of golf and got carried away. He's an avid golfer. Um, and then he, but then like, I've seen on he won't, Jam. he won't memorize lines. He won't read the script. He'll ad lib half his lines in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll make them work with the other people's lines, but it, he's, he's not easy to work with, but he's, He's so brilliant as a funny person yep. that it, you can't afford not to have him. If you mm. if you can have him, you have to have him. Type he, of. He, he's a fascinating character. He's oh, yeah. very fascinating, and, and like we talked about, how he's not often the um, the uh, the main character in in movies, but he's often the biggest one on a on a um, sure on the poster, right? He, I mean, he sells tickets for sure. Well, and and going back with with his what you were saying about him being kind of notoriously hard to work with, people that are typically given that reputation um, are typically people that uh, um, 
don't that you have to gain their respect basically. Right. Like mm-hmm. uh, for instance, he works with Wes Anderson a lot because he views Wes Anderson as like a, a good competent, like he works hard, all of those things. So he respects, there's that level of respect. If Bill Murray doesn't respect you uh, as a professional, then you'll, he'll be hard to work with. Same, same with like, you know, Tom Hardy or other, these other people that have, have developed this reputation of being hard to work with. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I think his relationship with Wes Anderson is interesting because yeah. I've heard that he uh, he'll accept a, a a role in a Wes Anderson movie just sight unseen. He'll just yeah, he'll do it no matter what. Yeah. So, so let's before we get into we're going to do our goat and runner up for oh right this. But before we get into that, I want to talk about Wes Anderson because not a single Wes Anderson movie made I, any of our goats or runner ups. <laughs> so I want to make a kind of a shout out to the, his Wes Anderson movies because he's, there's only one where he has like, well, there might be more, but Moonrise Kingdom, I think he has a bigger role. Um, But like Steve Zissou is basically the only movie where he's like, he's not even the main character in it. He's the title character, but he's not the main character. Right. Um, But his Wes, his work with Wes Anderson is so good and he's so great in all those movies mm-hmm. and it's such a great like um like left turn from his usual roles it's exactly. super refreshing i think we need to do an episode about wes anderson sometime in the future because yeah. i love wes anderson movies i don't think chris will want to join that one either he hates wes anderson does he not like wes anderson yeah i i had to do a um this was a few years ago i think back when uh I think it was Moonrise Kingdom. Um, I did a, a school project on uh, the auteur theory. Um, and this is actually what um, developed my interest in uh, Christopher Nolan as well. Um, but I did this project on Wes Anderson as an auteur. And uh, I was talking to Chris about it. And he does not have very good things to say about Wes Anderson. He wouldn't. He, he, so. he doesn't. It, it's very history. And <laughs> uh, Wes Anderson is definitely a like a film student's mm-hmm. type of filmmaker. Like he's. But dude, he, you watch Grand Budapest Hotel and tell me you don't like that. It is right. hilarious. It is so good. And Bill Murray's in it for all of like two minutes. Yeah, right. uh, he's barely in it. But but uh, so we're not going to get too far into Wes Anderson, um, as a filmmaker, but Bill Murray in Wes Anderson movies. Did you guys watch Steve Zissou? No. Life Aquatic. That was one I I was planning on watching this whole time. I just never got to it. Life Aquatic is a really good one and it's really quirky. It's really weird. Yeah, It seems to be the most quirky of Bill, but Bill Murray is so brilliant in it. Like as Steve Zissou, (laughs) but he's, but he's so off the wall weird. Uh, but that's basically what, what he does with Wes Anderson. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I, I, to give Chris credit, I, I could understand why it, it's so, it's, it's so niche not, in, in one yeah. thing that it's really easy to have lots of people. Yeah. Like. Wes Anderson has a style and I think you're definitely within your right to not like the style. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I have some it, issues with the style, but I think that his, I think his stories are pretty good. I think, and he's he's overall. definitely a filmmaker that's like you love him or you hate him. Yep. There's there's not much middle ground with Wes Anderson. And I, uh, I, I personally you, love him, but I, can I, I what, uh, what Chris said about um about Bill Murray. Yeah, do the, the little intro there All that right. he did. So 
so Chris, as we've already discussed, isn't here. And as if you're watching on YouTube, which by the way, we are recording on zoom again because this uh, coronavirus, but, um, anyway, uh, so that's why if you get any feedback, any issues, bumping mics, whatever. Anyway. Uh, so Chris isn't here, but he sent us his info. He says, uh, his thoughts on Bill Murray, Bill Murray is America's sweetheart. Why? I honestly can't say I know why. It seemingly started, in my opinion, from the movie Zombieland, or it's very possible that was just the first time I had noticed the, wor- the world's infatuation with Bill. Soon after the, uh, the chive, sorry, I need to slow down. Soon after, the chive had black t-shirts with Bill's face on it, and the Bill Murray stories were made. I have one, by the way. <laughs> Me too. I've always wanted one. Uh, I had never heard these stories about Murray stealing French fries and party crashing karaoke night. However, the stories I did hear about uh, was, was Bill being unreliable, volatile, and physically assaulting men and women on set. Richard Dreyfuss is seemingly still scarred from filming What About Bob almost 30 years ago, uh, which brings him to his runner-up. So should we get into uh, runners-up? Runner-ups? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's hear Chris's runner up. Okay, so Chris's runner up. Um, sorry, I'm just writing down some notes too here. Uh, his runner up is called Bill Murray Stories. Did y'all just pick him up? Uh, it's Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, you are kidding. There's always that one person who you want to meet, and you'd be like, "This is never gonna happen." And then this guy shows up at your door. I'm bartending outside on the patio, and I get a text message. We're just about to sit down for dinner. Knock on the door. I'm a wedding photographer and I get ready to photograph. And as I look through the lens, I see this guy. We were having a house party and I run inside, close the door. I was like, shh, you're not gonna believe it. Bill Murray's here. <sighs> oh my God. Hello, my name is Tommy Avaloni. I'm a documentary film director and I wanted to do a story with you. Uh, I'm not good at this. There are legions of tall tales about Bill that have circulated online throughout the years. So I look and it's Bill Murray slapping his valley. These Bill Murray stories are random interactions with Bill and regular everyday people. Bill Murray could just sort of like arrive in your life for a few minutes. Why would such a big celebrity insert himself into these random situations? I don't think people can figure out why he would do that. It's like, where's Waldo? This is a search for answers. Bill was just fine getting lost. You okay? Yeah. I'm Bill, by the way. He just reveled in not knowing where he was. I run inside, and Bill is bartending. He's like a candle when you light it in the room, and all of a sudden the room smells great. He goes after little moments charged with meaning. He marches to his own beat. Bill is teaching us all how to live. Oh, I thought to- it was going to be, what about Bob? <laughs> do you guys want me to keep uh, reading up on this? Reading, reading, or does anyone else want to join in? You're doing great. Read. All right. <clears throat> I can Bye. read his thing about Bill Murray's stories. Okay, go for it. So he says, not sure if this counts since Bill Murray is not in this movie per se. This is a documentary about a man so fascinated with the stories of Bill Murray walking into people's houses, washing their dishes, or stealing food off of their plates and telling them nobody will believe you. The filmmaker travels across the world tracking down people who have had interactions with Bill, and they're hoping uh, to get the truth once and for all. This documentary very much humanizes Bill and shows a softer side to the larger-than-life actor that he is. And to immediately contradict myself, I guess Bill has always felt grounded. The documentary, the, <laughs> the documentary just permanently stapled him at the top of America's sweetheart list. 
Um, There's no doubt that he's definitely like. I loved that documentary, by the way. I don't know if yeah. any of you, if you guys have seen it or not. I have not. Mm-mm. Bill Murray stories. The 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 cover of it is uh, the classic photo of Sasquatch walking through the woods, but has Bill Murray's face on it <laughs> because it, it it's so it's so mythical. All these stories of Bill Murray, just like oh, yeah. he was in town, saw on Facebook that someone was having a frat party, showed up at the party, washed their dishes. Uh, and then fell asleep on the couch in the middle of the party, woke up in the morning and left before anybody else woke up. And that's just a thing that happened or walking up. And like Chris said, he walks up to people in a restaurant and takes a fry off their plate, eating it. And then whispers in the air, no one will ever believe you. I know. And I know this is part part of like the whole mythos, mythical, mythic, whatever of whatever he is. It, It almost feels contrived a little bit. Like he's, well, some of it, a lot of it is probably apocryphal where did it happen? Did it not happen? Are yeah. people making stuff up and just saying, because saying that Bill Murray came up to me in a restaurant, ate one of my fries and said, you're never going to, no one will ever believe you. It sounds like something he would do, but it also sounds like something someone would make up and That's then, fair. but people would believe mm-hmm. because Bill Murray's such a crazy, weird person. Yeah. All it takes is a couple real like documented cases of it happening to make anything possible. But then you have the people who have pictures of him singing karaoke with them. Exactly. Dive bar in like Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. So, so so there are documented cases of it happening, but yeah, there's so much like myth, uh, myth to it. There's so much apocryphal to it. It's such an interesting idea. I, it's an interesting documentary. Sorry, I, I was going to say, I think the, the mythos behind it, the Bigfoot aspect of it is, I think as well as that is, if you ever wanted to have a chance encounter with any celebrity, you know, you're kind of rolling the dice as far as whether they'll be a jerk or whether they'll be, they'll be nice. But yeah. I think the idea that's spreading is that because he's America's sweetheart right now or whatever, the idea is that if you run into Bill Murray on the street or wherever, if he crashes your party, that it's, you're going to have a good time. It's going to be great. And you're going to have a great story to tell. I think that's kind of that story that it's creating. You know what I mean? It's um, it's also going to be chaotic. You have no idea what you're going to get. <laughs> that's also fair. He may, you may run into him and he may just completely blow you off, but you may run into him and he'll take you out for a drink and then you'll have the craziest night of your life. Like you have no mm-hmm. idea. Well, well, yeah, because he's a human and runs into people every day. I mean, obviously not now we're all in court. But he's but, will, but he's but, also the person that's willing to go out. With yeah. You but but, but like what I'm getting at is he, he sees people every day. He's not doing crazy stuff, sleeping over every day. Oh, right. So so you're right. Most of the time, he's just going to blow you off or do the, the typical take a selfie and, and go part your sure. ways. Um, but there are a handful of times or a percentage of times that he he has time to kill and will kill it with you. It's wild. So even though it's not, doesn't star Bill Murray and he's not in it, it is a very interesting runner up. Um, yeah. I want to watch is. it. Yeah. Good pick. I would suggest it. All right. Well, uh, okay. Who's next? Why don't you go next, Jake? Me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. My runner up was Ghostbusters. People think they're seeing ghosts. And they call these bozos who conveniently show up to deal with the problem with a fake electronic light show. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. They caused an explosion. 
Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Classic, instant classic. That movie was so brilliant. Him as Dr. Venkman, I still to this day fall out of my chair laughing every time he walks into to her apartment and he like tinkles <laughs> the piano and he's like, they hate this. <laughs> that, that joke, it's still to this day, I fall out of my chair laughing every time I see it. He has some of the so, he has the best one liners in that movie. Oh my oh dude. Does your girlfriend sleep over or under the sheets? Over. Three feet <laughs> over the cover, like <laughs> it's so, all right. So my girlfriend's a dog. So my girlfriend's a dog. Uh, it's just so, everything that he does in that. It, like, yes, this man has no dick. Uh, <laughs> Dude, that's the that line I was part. thinking of. I was like, "What is the line?" In that? Yeah. Oh, oh, all right, Dickless. Is that true? Yes. Yes. This man has, this man has no dick. <laughs> Dude. Uh, I remember the first time seeing that and being <laughs> being old enough to get the joke. Oh, it floored me. That's such a yeah. that's, that's such a Leslie Nielsen like. Surely you must be joking. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Don't call me true. That's such a that kind of a joke. And it's just it's perfect. It's so yeah, perfect. it's so great. Um, he did the uh, all of it. I don't know. It's just great. He it, it's uh, he's teamed up with Harold Ramis again. Um, his team ups with Harold Ramis are wonderful. He did stripes mm-hmm. with Harold Ramis. But they had a falling out, didn't they? They did. Have but they you got... seen have you seen the documentary series The Movies That Made Us? Mm-mm. It's on Netflix. Yes, I, I watched those, good things about those ones. I saw, one, I saw the the um Home Alone. Home Alone. The Home Alone one is fascinating. The Ghostbusters one, they talk about Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. And I think Harold Ramis directed Groundhog Day. And they had a falling out during that. Mm-hmm. And they didn't speak to each other the rest of their lives until Harold Ramis was on his deathbed. Yep. Wow. Bill Murray showed up to come talk to him and to kind of bury the hatchet. And he showed up in the most Bill Murray way possible. He shows up to his hometown, doesn't know where Harold Ramis lives, goes to the police department <laughs> and says, take me to Harold Ramis's house. And gets a police escort. <laughs> of course he does. Because he's so Bill they, Effing Murray. Because he's Bill Effing Murray. And he goes and does a and and buries the hatchet with Harold Ramis on his deathbed. And uh, Harold Ramis's daughter talks about that in that Isn't, movies that made us document. Harold Ramis's so. son making the new Ghostbusters. That that uh, is he. I didn't know it was his son. I think so. That's I'm interesting. But but um, that that's why a lot of the original cast is come is um, is coming back or, or reprising some old roles. Um, the, the, yeah. the director, Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman? Oh, well, Jason... Uh, yeah. No, Ivan Reitman is the one who made Ghostbusters. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, it, might, it would be Jason Reitman. It would probably be Ivan Reitman's yeah. son. I got mixed. I got words mixed up, but I did hear that, that the son of the director of the first one mm-hmm. was directing the, next, the newest one. Um, <clears throat> but Bill Murray and Ivan... Or Bill Murray and Ivan Reitman had some great movies, but Bill Murray and Harold Ramis... They, their their uh, chemistry together on screen was so brilliant. It was so great. Um, but that, that's that, that's another thing about about Bill is uh, once he gets once he gets uh, like the chemistry with a, with another actor or actress, man, they are he's he's really good. 
He does a lot of off script stuff with them and he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. I mean, him and Michael Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Him and Larry Bird. That guy's clear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's my runner up. Great. Good pick. And it's, it's surprising to me that uh, such a re- renowned or, or most popular beloved, famous movie. beloved, that's the word, uh, film movie like Ghostbusters is a runner up. Um, we could do an entire, that might end up on, on uh, Mount Rushmore. Oh. We don't know. Dude, th- there's a lot. That's definitely the type of movie that would end up on Mount Rushmore. Right. I, I was saying in our chat earlier when I was telling you guys my runner up, I have about a half a dozen because there are so many. Yeah. Like brilliant uh, movies. I'll, yeah. I'll transition transition to mine, and man, I have I have like four that went went down to two because they're they're other people's goats, and um, uh, and, and it it kind of kills me not to go with Caddyshack because it it does it, it's one of those Troy you just talked about one of these really renowned comedies. It's like kind of a pillar of comedies for, for yeah. its time, and going forward. Speaking of. He had great chemistry with Chevy Chase, who they hated each other. Exactly. But their yeah. chemistry in that scene when they were when they're in the garage and they're kind of yeah. smoking weed together. Yep. In Caddyshack was a great scene. Their yeah. chemistry was brilliant. Um, but I didn't go with Caddyshack. I kind of want to do one of his more contemporary ones because most of ours are older. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going with Jungle Book. Forget about your worries and your strife. What's that? That's a song about the good life. What's a song? You never heard a song before? Everyone's got a song. Look for the bare necessities. As we'll look. Ooh. I like that pick. I really, I, I really do. I, I like... He plays, he plays Baloo, and him as Baloo is perfect casting oh yeah yeah absolutely so good and his chemistry again with the boy somehow portrayed it as a as a bear a cg bear it is so good it's yeah. and his his charisma is perfect for the role he uh the song is great mm-hmm. um oh man i just i love the movie the movie's so good mm-hmm. yeah bill murray as blue is like the most perfect cast it like marriage of a of a beloved character with a contemporary actor like yeah. it's just so perfect well and and you just um like you look the character of baloo he's just this laid-back bear you know um that that teaches him teaches Mowgli to just chill and relax and just let mm-hmm. life come to you um <clears throat> that concept like just look in the voice actor itself the voices but between the original baloo i can't remember the voice actor's name um and then bill murray are pretty different but bill murray does such a good job with the character that it makes it almost more believable because yeah. you also you know as you're listening that's bill murray's voice and you it's almost like this is something like maybe bill murray would actually say or bill murray would actually do mm-hmm. you know is just blue hey, is like, definitely the type of bear that would eat a fry off your plate and then whisper <laughs> in your ear no one will ever believe you absolutely yeah. or, or crash like, your party and take a nap on your couch yeah, yeah. and it wasn't it he wasn't definitely until- slept on Aquila's couch at one point <laughs> It wasn't until that this casting that that clicked with me. It was like, oh yeah, Bill Murray is blue. Like mm-hmm. they are, it, they are. It anyway. That's that's my runner up. It's a great runner up. It's a great movie. Yeah, I loved that movie too. It's so good. Yeah, it's very good. And, and you know, it's, it's not it's not often that 
that these remakes that you know these live action remakes and stuff um are that good like th- this one re- really does justice to the to the original story which mm-hmm. has been done a million times mm-hmm. but it also like it, it pulls you in as the characters like it uh, and and then the um the technology behind the CG. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then, and then the other voice acting in that movie, uh, Sher Khan was uh, Idris Elba, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and there, oh, there's, there's lots of, that, that cast is yeah, really and, good. And I believe Scarlett Johansson is Ka. Yeah. The snake. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Good Great one. stuff. I like that one. Um, my runner up is, uh, is actually Scrooged. Okay. You're beautiful, Frank. You got any last tips for me? Huh? um and the reason why i picked this one actually okay so first of all this is one of my growing up one of my favorite bill murray movies um I've always liked the story of Christmas Carol, but I really liked the modern retelling of it. And mm-hmm. I felt like Bill Murray was the perfect uh, choice for it. Um, if we're putting a goat Bill Murray movie of all time, Scrooge wouldn't win, right? Um, but growing up, this was my this was my goat. My goat. It's not my goat pick, but growing up it was. Um, I think we talked was, about Scrooge a little bit when we did our Christmas episode, didn't we? I think mm-hmm. so, yeah. Um, and and it's Scrooge. kind of one of those forgotten movies that you don't realize until you like are going through Christmas movies. And you're like, oh, Scrooge. You know what I mean? Like, or maybe it's not forgotten. I don't know. But uh, um, it's a great one, though. What I was interested, like, what it, what surprised me when I was kind of doing some research for this episode was that that was uh, one of his first leading roles. Mm-hmm. Was Scrooge was in the late eighties, eighty nine. I think eighty eight or eighty nine was when that came out, and he was in he was in. Um, Saturday Night Live in the mid seventies and had, had had roles in the late seventies or film roles in the, in the late seventies and the early eighties and and everything. And so that was really kind of his first leading role. I don't know if it was his first, but it was, it was definitely first top two or three, but um, yeah. So I, and I don't know, he does, he does the role really, really well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, his change at the end. So great. So great. Those scenes are awesome. But yeah, I, I never um, watched that one all the way through. I, for some reason I just could never get through it. It was, it was like maybe I saw it on TV and didn't watch it all the way through or something. Well, and, I didn't and, watch it till later in life. I was, I was maybe 25, mm-hmm. 26 when I saw yeah. it for the first time. Yeah. Our parents, Jake and I's parents and, and Troy's parents for that matter, are really into movies and mm-hmm. especially that era of movies. But but uh, for whatever reason, we never, mom and dad really never, never, mom, dad, didn't, dad has told me he doesn't like that movie. So See, that's the thing. Watched it as a family. My parents loved that movie. So we watched it often. I mean, I, it wasn't necessarily a Christmas tradition to watch Scrooge, but if we were flipping through channels on the TV and Scrooge was on, you better believe my dad would stop and watch it and chuckle and laugh. Um, but the, it's, it's a story of, uh, it's a, uh, Christmas Carol story. So you know what's going to happen. You know that he's going to have a, a change of heart. You know, but the way that it happens, I think, is really well done. And the supporting cast is also really well done, or really, it, they do a really good job as well. Um, but the my my favorite uh, supporting cast member in the movie is the 
I wish I remembered his name. Uh, it, it's the comedian that, that sounds like this and he gets the shotgun. He's like, yeah, I'm going to kill you. Right. Um, you guys know who I'm talking about? I'm going to find it real quick. Um, or we can just move on. What do you guys want to do? <laughs> um, let's do both. Let's, let's do both. Uh, I don't think I'll find it in time. Um, anyway, but oh, actually another little bit of fun um, fact about that movie is, uh, did you guys ever see the documentary, um, The New York Doll? I've about, heard about it. It's about the, the bassist for the, uh, for the, the old band, The New York Dolls. Um, after they broke up, he kind of went through a really crazy midlife crisis and ended up um, joining the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He ended up becoming member and ended up serving a mission and everything. And so the, the documentary picks up with him serving a senior mission at some, uh, at some, I think it was, uh, hmm. I think it was a church history. And anyway, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he was serving an LDS mission and it was, ta- it was talking about his, him playing for the New York doll or playing with the New York dolls and then, uh, their kind of reunion. But the lead singer of the New York dolls actually plays, uh, the, ghost of Christmas past the cab driver in Scrooged hmm. and it actually referenced that part in the movie because uh the the New York doll the bassist uh got really really upset when he was watching Scrooged and saw this guy in the movie and like was being successful um anyway little fun fun interesting tidbit facts anyway. Bobcat Goldthwait Troy <laughs> that's it yeah the, Bobcat Goldthwait that's the you. guy you're talking about <laughs> he's great He's also, um, he's a weird dude, but yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on to, uh, to Chris. Get into our goats. Yeah. Um, we don't have, Scott, you want to read Chris's, uh, too much more time on. Yeah. You want to read Chris's goat pick? His, his goat was one of your picks. <laughs> let's too, go right? over, let's go over our runner ups, runners up again. So Chris okay. had, uh, the, the Bill Murray Chris stories. Had Chris, Bill Murray stories. I had Ghostbusters. Jungle Scotty. Book. Jungle Book for Scotty. Jungle Book, and then Troy had Scrooged. Uh-huh. That's a good list. That's not bad. Pretty decent list. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, I believe Chris's goat was on your list too, right, Scott? So maybe yep. uh, you can read it and then give us some of your info on it. So Yeah. So he chose Lost in Translation. We used to have a lot of fun. Lydia would come with me when I made the movies, and we would laugh about it all. Now she doesn't want to leave the kids, and she doesn't need me to be there. The kids miss me, but they're fine. It gets a whole lot more complicated when you have kids. Yeah, it's scary. It's the most terrifying day of your life, the day the first one is born. Nobody ever tells you that. Your life, as you know it, is gone. Never to return. But they learn how to walk and they learn how to talk and... and you want to be with them. And they turn out to be the most delightful people you will ever meet in your life. So it's a very un-Bill Murray-like movie. Yeah, I love this movie, though. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll get, we'll hear it from Chris. Chris's mouth. So Lost in Translation is one of, the, one of the most genuine, intimate movies ever made. Bill Murray practically plays himself 
as an older actor on the verge of retirement. The irony being that he would then go go one to go on to make some of the best movies of his life afterwards. The writing from Sofia Coppola deeply felt deeply personal, and the three main characters said so much with so little words spoken. The three characters being Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson, and the city of Tokyo itself. Ooh, Chris, jeez. Scarlett also how pretentious. I know. He's like. Like a film Almost like you went to film school or something. All right. Um, Scarlett also played the role of a bored, young, newly newlywed wife perfectly. And Murray's caretaker type role and motivation for courting her is literally up for translation. This movie beautifully shows the impact a stranger can have on your life. It made me think very deeply afterwards. Why? Why is it always easier? to show tell a stranger how you how you really are all all of the characters that pass you on the road on the road filled with busy people inside are are they a part of your life now oh, sorry i'm butchering this um to be which, fair it wasn't written very well either <laughs> <laughs> um he probably wrote it on his iphone That's or true. on his uh, cell phone just with well kids in the back um which bring me back to which brings me back to Murray and his sad depiction of Bob and the inner thoughts you can always see on his face. Bill Murray puts on a performance of a lifetime in this role that he was very much so born to play. Hmm. The, the, uh, Chris brings up some pretty cool points in there that it hadn't really registered completely with me, but the whole thing is the way a, a stranger can impact your life and how for some reason it is true to an extent that you can open up to a stranger more so than the people closest to you. Um, and that is basically the premise of the movie because there's not, yeah, there's no, there's no fear of what that's going to do to your relationship, opening up to them, being honest with a stranger. There's no fear of like, what, what is this going to do to my relationship yeah. with this person? And a lot of times you don't have a relationship. Yeah. With you're looking for an unbiased um, opinion on what's going on a lot of times and only right. a stranger can give you that. It's interesting. I, I wasn't a fan. Okay. So Sofia Coppola is an interesting director. Um, mm-hmm. She did Godfather three and kind of butchered the series and made the, made the trilogy turn the trilogy into from like a goat trilogy to something that you can't really consider because you have to take that third movie. And, but this movie she did was so well done. But if you look at the difference between, I'm sorry, guys, I'm getting way off in the weeds here, but this movie, as opposed to Godfather three, which is a movie, a big story about a big, it's a big story with a lot of subtext and background. Whereas, uh, Lost in Translation is a small story. It's yeah, very, very much a story between two people, um, and and the city, and the city. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, it's so interesting. It's an interesting way that you take two white Americans and make them strangers and make them meet in a place like Tokyo, where neither of them are able to communicate with other people, so they're the only people they're able to talk with. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a super interesting concept, an old, 
aging actor that's about to retire, a young woman who just got married, who has a husband that is ignoring her. It's a very, it's a very interesting movie, very artistic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is artistic. Loved it though. I thought it was great. The dialogue it, in that movie. It, yeah, it. This movie, it, the first, I, I didn't watch it until probably within a year ago. <clears throat> probably for this podcast. No, no, never mind. I just talked about it once. Anyway, um, it it, it is. It really moved me more than I thought it would because I, I, I had no pre- preconceived notions of what it would be about. Um, it did seem a little artsy going into it, but it's really good. Scarlett Johansson did really good too. She was like 17 when she was super her. young. Yeah. And when you watch it, you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> She's yeah. super young. Yeah. I didn't know she was 17 until months after I watched it, but yeah, it's um, it's really good. It, it It's one that like, Oh, what do I what what do I compare it to? It's you you kind of have to go into it with, with a different kind of mindset almost. Where I don't know, it, it feels different than than most movies, and so you're not going to come. It's not going to have like this really good like um, catharsis at the end. You know, you're not going to have this really good smooth landing at the end. It, it it's it's a in in fact, a lot of people hate the end. Mm-hmm. They hate the end because. It shows. I don't know if I want to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't need to say, but 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 I think it goes along with Chris's description, where how a how a stranger can affect your life, and it's like, it, it, anyway, it's it's uh, anyway, it's if you haven't seen it, I strongly suggest you go see it because it's really good. Yeah, it's an interesting pick for a goat, uh, because it's so. Uh, against the grain for Bill Murray, and especially for Chris, because types of movies, because Chris isn't usually into like the artsy type, artistic. But but it is it is very like you said, it's very genuine. You can tell it's. Um, and we had our whole we had a whole episode about what makes something pretentious. I don't know if we had an episode. We had a whole conversation one episode about what makes something pretentious, mm-hmm. and whether this movie is pretentious or not. I think a lot of people do think it is. But I think the genuine nature of the movie makes it feel less pretentious. Yeah. Uh, than the subject matter would suggest. It, it, well, it is funny because, like, the way it's shot, the way it's acted, and everything feels pretentious. But then, the but then there, there's this core to it that isn't, and so it puts off a pretentious vibe while not being. Anyway, yeah. it's you, it's, you can it's make a, your. You can make your own judgments about it. Watch the movie. It's definitely worth watching at least once for sure. Probably twice because it's good. I haven't but. had had anything to say about it because of my list of movies I wanted to watch. This was of Bill Murray's for the homework. This was the only one I didn't get a chance to watch. Uh, so I know I feel I'm kicking myself for it. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go watch it. So it's a good, it's a, as far as Bill Murray's typical. And like we talked about, he doesn't have a typical, um, uh, role he plays but it is it's different than anything else it and and it also is interesting and I, i'm going to try and stop saying that word um that that chris said he plays himself we said that a couple times now mm-hmm. that he, he uh 
like in Jungle Book or yeah. in, even in Space Jam where he literally plays himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But like um, plays a role that you could env- envision him actually being an, obviously he's not a real bear, but the concept mm-hmm. behind the bear. He brings so much of himself to every role he does. Yeah. I think it's what it's coming to. I think that's fair. I think I think that's that's a, an interesting aspect of Bill Murray himself is that he he even in his like crazy roles like uh, like what about Bob uh, where he's obviously not a crazy you know inmate person whatever he brings that level of believability. I think that you actually kind of believe that this is somebody that this that he could be. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of just going with it here, but mm-hmm. <laughs> let's transition that into my goat, which is what about Bob? Do you want to come sailing with me on my friend George's boat? <laughs> no, no. That's okay. You don't have to. No, I'd love to. Uh, <laughs> it sounds great. I, I, I've never been on a boat and I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> it just makes my lips numb to think about it. But if your friend is a good sailor and the craft is seaworthy, yes, I will go sailing. Yeah, let's go sailing. I have no other plans. I'm sailing! I'm sailing! Guess what? Ahoy! I sail! I'm a sailor! I sail! Isn't this a breakthrough? I mean, that I'm a sailor? I sail? I, I sail now? Keep sailing, Bob. Out on a boat on the lake, way far away from the dock, with the wind of the wind, with the sky and everything. Ahoy! I, what about that? <laughs> what about Bob is one of those movies... Um, my dad so it's something that um it gives me flashbacks <laughs> whenever cuz there's there so what about bob is a movie about a, a a psychiatrist who is about he wrote a book that is a bestseller and he's really full of himself and mm-hmm. he's really proud and he's very he he thinks he's pretty hot stuff um and then he gets uh, played by uh, Richard Dreyfus. Played by Richard Dreyfus. Down on his patients, absolutely. Like just yeah. his, like level of he has a he has a bust of himself in his office type <laughs> of person. Like it's just uh, then uh, he gets this new client that is played by Bill Murray, who is a clingy, clingy, really difficult client uh, who comes in, and um, Richard Dreyfus goes on a vacation with his family, and then. Bill Murray, baby steps, Jake, baby steps. <laughs> Bill Bill Murray follows him to his family vacation home, and then hilarity ensues as he tries to connect with with uh, his doctor. Oh man! And if you think Steve Carell is awkward and cringy, this movie, this is, is like eleven. It, seriously, if you think Steve Carell is awkward, Steve Carell movies like. Dan in real life or, mm. or crazy stupid Dinner love. with the schmucks. Dinner with the schmucks. It, this movie is more awkward than any of them. He is so bad. 
What's as, funny, as far as that's concerned. But is, he's brilliant. Is, he's so endearing that he gets everybody on his side. Oh yeah. Like, the whole yeah, family's on his side. Everybody. I mean, he the whole point, the whole reason why Richard Dreyfus's character was going to his vacation home uh was because Good Morning America was gonna come interview him. And oh, yeah. Bill Murray is so endearing that he ends up being interviewed with him. Well, dude, and, and live you know TV what? and you, you, you saying that <laughs> you say that made me realize like it, it the movie without Richard Dreyfus obviously it, it would suck, but like it's Rifer, Richard Dreyfus's he he's what's driving the movie. Yeah, yeah, he's like, he does it. he does it yeah. so well. Like because without without him, it's just a it's just a good movie about a guy that that connects with the family and, yeah. and it, it's yeah. really that everyone loves. It's Richard Dreyfus is going crazy behind him behind this like that that makes it so awkward. <laughs> it, it's, it's, funny. it's Richard Dreyfus. It's awkward, not Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the very end when, at the wedding, <laughs> he's like forever holds your peace, and he just finally, oh man. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it, it I don't flips, know how many spoilers the, I should give, but <laughs> the, the straight man and uh, crazy, like you know, it flips yeah. that on its head a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Where you don't know who the, the psychotic man is. person is, the straight man. Yeah. Well, and and, the, like, and the grounded person is the is the the wild man. Mm-hmm. It's, well, like and even like Richard Dreyfuss's character, I can't remember his character's name, but whatever. He even takes him as his psychiatrist takes him to a mental hospital to admit him. But but Bill Murray's character is so endearing that he convinces the entire hospital staff and the head psychiatrist of the mental hospital to let him go because <laughs> he's just a nice guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's that that's funny because that's something that Chris and I talked about uh, a couple days ago. As a matter of fact, is that watching the movie back in the day, it's always like, oh, Bill Murray's so silly. It's a funny movie, mm-hmm. silly movie about Bill Murray. Watching the movie now, you I side with Richard Dreyfus on oh, everything. Absolutely, I'm like, I, I I empathize so hard with Richard. Dre- like that guy's a psychopath. Yeah, that absolutely. guy. You should call the police. <laughs> that guy's a nut job. Well, like he even, but it's he so even pretends to be a cop to get the address of his vacation home. <laughs> like it's just, it, he's a psychopath. He, he is completely crazy and is absolutely does do, like. And there's so many wonderful. beautiful one-liners in this movie Mm -hmm. and that's part of the things when i said that it gives me flashbacks and like panic attacks because there's a line in that movie where he's um he first meets up with with the doctor uh in nantucket or whatever uh Uh, martha's vineyard Martha's Vineyard. When he first shows up there and he finds Richard Dreyfus, and Richard Dreyfus is like, You can't be here. You have to leave. And then he starts like hyperventilating and freaking out and saying, But Doc, I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, I need. And and then Richard Dreyfus is like, Okay, 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 fine, fine, come down, come down, and starts talking to him. And anytime growing up, I had a freak out of any kind. My dad would make fun of me by going, I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, I need. I've heard your dad do that too. I know you have because anybody who has met me and met my dad has heard my dad do that line. And it, I, I had forgotten where that came from until I watched it for this podcast. Give for me this episode. And when I watched that scene, I was like, I like had a mini panic attack listening to my dad making fun of me while I was having a freak out. And just being like, oh my gosh, I can't take it. But uh, 
I also <laughs> had a conversation with my parents this last weekend about one of our neighbors, one of their good friends growing up was uh, the a bishop in the ward. They were the ecclesiastical leader. And they had, there was a guy in the ward named Bob that was attached and super clingy to him. And so he was always showing up at his house and like saying, oh, Bishop, I need help. I need help. And there was one time where they were out. Uh, they He called the house and the kids said, oh, he's at dinner. They're, my parents are at dinner. And they, he the guy found out where they were at dinner at and then was waiting outside the restaurant. When they came out of the restaurant, he was standing there and saying, Bishop, I need help. And so when my parents went with them, they went, they went out when, what about Bob came out, they went to the movie with this couple (laughs) and they came out and my mom and dad were dying of laughter. They were like, that is such a funny movie. And both of them came out and was like, there's nothing funny about that. Nothing at all. I don't see any humor oh, in that no. movie. That movie just gave me flat, like, <laughs> just, it makes me laugh because it actually happens. There are, and go, I mean, throwing this back to an earlier conversation, Bill Murray brings a believability to his roles mm-hmm. yep. because there are people that are actually like that. Mm-hmm. that. He turns it up to 11 and turns it up to like, <clears throat> Richard Dreyfus straps him up with dynamite and says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna blow you up." And he's like, "Oh, it's death therapy. I have to fight you out. How to not be?" And like, it's his way. But he believes. So he turns it up to eleven. But he brings this believability to the role mm-hmm. that is so Bill Murray. I don't know. It, it's it's great. So great. Well, and and uh, talking about one-liners, I think one of my favorite things uh, in that movie was. Uh, after a certain, so he goes on the boat with with the daughter, um, and he's literally strapped to the mast, <laughs> and then he starts telling everybody, "I'm a sailor now." Yeah. I'm a sailor now. <laughs> I'm a sailor. <laughs> the whole time he's like, "Yeah, I'm a sailor." I, I, I didn't. When, know, when literally he was tied to the mast of the boat because <laughs> he's afraid. <laughs> oh, it was one of my favorites. Oh, it was so great. <clears throat> Good stuff. So that's my pick for go. What about Bob? That's great. It was a good pick. It was a good pick. I, I thought about, actually, you know, what's funny is I thought about putting your guys's picks because I knew one of us was going to pick this one and then I knew what one of us was going to pick the other one. Um, and so I was going to put those in my runner up, but I knew that was going to be a goat pick. So I, uh, I'm glad, we, <laughs> I'm glad we picked it. So anyway. Okay. Who's up next? I think it's Scott. Okay. So mine, um, we've talked about quite a bit. It feels like, I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm always talking about it. Um, it's a movie that I can literally watch anytime. Like there's, there's not a, a moment that someone says, let's watch the man who knew too little. And I wouldn't say, all right, pop it in. Let's watch it is. It's, I can it, literally, it's up there with what it's what, one of my favorite movies. I can literally so quote this movie front to back. Yeah. The, I seriously, I, I watched this movie with a, with a lady friend of mine uh, in preparation for this. And she made fun of me because I wouldn't say it out loud, but I mouthed every word of the movie <laughs> as, as it was happening. I was, I was mouthing along with the movie because I, I, I know every single joke for this movie. I've seen this movie a dozen times at yeah. least. Oh the, yeah. The funny thing about this movie for me is that this is always the movie that, that you guys, when you go up to the cabin, 
watch. <laughs> That's always the movie is put in. And I'm always like, I've always just been kind of slightly annoyed by it. I was like, all right, whatever. And then we watch it and we kind of laugh or whatever. And so I, I was able to watch it for this home, for the homework. And I actually was able to sit and appreciate it a little more. And I love it. It's, it's such a good movie. In um, fact, what's that? So I was just gonna say, like, so the joke, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, the joke about uh, our, our dynamic of the four of us is that, is that Chris and Scott always, or sorry, Jake and Scott always vote for each other's movies. So I almost, I almost picked the man who knew too little as my goat. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. No. Game in the system. Game in the system. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, I know, and I, I like resisted picking it because, because of that. Like, it, I feel like it, it's cliche. It's, it's cliche to, at this point because we talk about it a lot. But um, man, we I couldn't not pick it. I, I was. It was my pick, and. I knew Scott was going to pick it. And so Scotty picked it. So I said, yeah, what about it, it, it's funny because this movie, when you really think about the best Bill Murray movies, um, this one doesn't really make it up the top of many people's lists. Mm. Um, it might be on the top, top 10, but I mean, most people are going to start saying movies like, um, like Ghostbusters and or Caddyshack. Uh, and or Caddyshack. What about um, Bob? Yeah. What about it, Bob? It, it's, it's um, not, it's not one of his most visible, well-known movies. Right. Okay, Scott, so tell us what the movie's about. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So it's about uh, this um, American who who is visiting his brother in England, um, and his brother needs to uh, buy some time because he has this meeting with the Germans um, at his house, and so he has to get Bill out of the house. And so he had seen on, on TV this, this um, advertisement about the theater of life, which is an interactive theater experience where the person can go and pretend like a, they're, they're a part of the movie. And it's like this guided theater experience through um, London, through throughout London. Um, and so they're supposed to meet at this, um, at this uh, phone. Um, and, and uh, he gets a phone call that incites this, this cool espionage thing. And so he goes to the, the muse where he's supposed to meet the guy and it ends up he got the wrong phone call and he's actually in, involved in this actual um international espionage between russia and britain and it's it's and so he goes through this whole thing and he's dealing with actual criminals and actual uh agents assassins, assassins and all this stuff he's and in he's in actual and, and danger he's in actual danger but he does he stumbles through it and he he looks like this mastermind throughout the whole movie because he's for some reason he's just lucky enough to stumble through it and because everything works out for him the whole time yeah <laughs> and so and so he'll like redo lines and stuff with <laughs> with these criminals and these assassins and they're like what is happening or he's like or, or to the woman in the in the room he's like oh there's a gun in that top drawer isn't there because <laughs> he just yeah. of course there is. <laughs> of course there is and then and she's like part where, where she's like all right just do it just shoot me he's like all right if that's part of the script <laughs> he like he points the gun at her and closes his eyes and bang and he misses he's like what have i done i've missed from three feet <laughs> or when he's when he's being chased by the cops he's like i've always wanted to do this and he hits all the the, the bumper things and he's like i've always wanted to do that and then like the the cops find the 
He goes the around the, he goes the reverse way around the um around the bar. and then finally he stops and then uh, and the cops are sitting with him and then he's like he pulls out his his uh microphone thing that actually gets communicator with the minister of defense or something in, in yeah. of England and then he basically anyway they all think he's a top level spy and it's it's hilarious dude and that in that part is like tomorrow night because he's like, I'm going to do this tomorrow night because it's so fun. He's like, tomorrow night, I'm going to go the other way around the roundabout because they had no chance keeping up to me going the American way. Going the American way. <laughs> Dude, the redoing lines when she's like, just say it. You don't trust me. And he's like, uh, I don't trust you. And she turns to walk away and he grabs her hand. Wait. I don't trust you. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has to do it like more dramatic everything it's so good i i could literally like when he pokes his eye like my how do you people cry how do you do <laughs> he thinks she's an actor and she's crying and he's like how do you do that did you just think like my dog is dead <laughs> poke yourself in the eye my dog is dead <laughs> he's you, so, look at that. you look at that and you're like oh man he's he's an idiot for for pretending to be an actor or for like thinking he's an actor in this show but then you look at her and she's just like he's just making fun of me he's like yeah oh my gosh that's that's always the great thing about this movie is seeing everybody else's perspective when like when he's just screwballing around thinking he's in some big production and everybody else is taking it completely seriously and so the woman he gets stuck with is like just thinks he's hot oh man it's so funny Dude, the, and he's talking. He's, he's talking to the borders, the butcher. He's like, like, oh, we always have to clean up after. Oh, we do have to clean up. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> Dude, when when the when the two Russian guys are shooting at him when he's standing on the ledge, <laughs> and he gets the dust in his eye, and he's like, "Don't forget my safety, Jagoff." <laughs> he's so pissed off because they're not they're not taking his safety into consideration. Right. I I said I I quoted this movie today to one of my kids that screamed in my ear, and I was like, "You don't scream in someone's ear. It does <laughs> damage." <laughs> I think I've I, I think I don't think there has been a week of my life that has gone by since being an adult that I haven't quoted this movie at least once during a week. Uh, it just it is it is it's the entire movie. movie for sure. We could literally sit here and quote the entire movie back Dude, and forth so, to and each other and, and just laugh giggle, our giggle, yeah. heads off the entire time. It is so so funny. So I the hijinks that that happen in this movie are the, I'm trying to think of a person who can I can compare uh like Peter Sellers in Pink Panther mm-hmm. like that kind of pulling through that kind of hijinks are is is what this is but it's that for literally 2 hours and uh, oh yeah and th- this storyline has been done I can't think of anything like in particular, but I know it's been done, you know, but man, it's so it's, done I mean, so. it's based on a movie called the spy who knew too much or the man who knew too much about a, a guy trying to escape a spy plot. Uh, but then they kind of turned it on his head and called it the man who knew too little. And it, <laughs> it just, ah. Oh. So I even had a, um, recently did a D and D thing where my character, I, I, I created a D and D character based on, um, this movie sir oh, wallace sir, Witchy. Sir, sir wallace of mary and uh and so he he, he went through the whole D campaign not knowing it was 
thinking yeah, he was an real. actor. I, th- I thought I was like, in a, <laughs> I went through the whole campaign thinking I was. Was this uh, a acting. one shot we did? Yeah. Yeah, for Chris's birthday. Oh, when I kept right. when I kept doing like really dramatic. Uh, that's right. Scott kept putting on his glasses. I, like I have just let's barely, get to business. <laughs> I just yeah. barely connected those. I was wondering Dude. why you were being such a moron, <laughs> Scotty. Because I ran that campaign, and Scotty kept texting me, going, "I really hope that other people are thinking that I'm just really bad at this game." <laughs> no, I obviously know you're good at D and D. Like you're you're good at it. You know what you're doing. <laughs> But I, I could not for the life of me figure out why your character was such was was just such a, a Dude, dick. One <laughs> like, of the funny lines in that whole night was when uh Scott's character, like they were like Chris's character was like, So we're gonna go fight someone. You're okay with that, right? And Scotty was like, Oh yeah, I do action. I I'm I've been weapons trained and everything. It's I can do action. <laughs> It makes uh, so much like, sense now. I'm so pissed as the, that I didn't get it. As the DM, I was standing there like giggling like an <laughs> idiot every time Scott made any type of comment or anything doing role playing because I was like, oh my God. I, it, was, it was just a quote from Man Who Knew Too Little. If I would have caught on to that, I would have like tried to like sneakily stole your wallet and then have you say something like, I'm getting that back at the end of this, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the crap like you that sticks to the map, bottom of a good man's life. <laughs> too much uh okay. anyway <laughs> oh that good pick oh i yeah no it was funny because i i wanted to watch that movie and like it because the other times i did watch it, i was like yeah it's just it's a it's a good movie whatever i never really came much but to actually sit and watch it and like be like i'm gonna try to see why every, why the giffords like it so much and and you like it for good reasons it's a great movie <laughs> and when you look at the supporting cast he had you have uh alfred molina is Boris mm-hmm. the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alfred Molina is good in literally everything he does. Mm-hmm. You have uh, the super hot lady that Lori, Lori, who also plays Sorsha in Willow. Yep, uh, and she's in Punisher, the most recent Punisher. Right, yeah. Season. She is. She t- played a. Re- she did a really good job playing her part. Um, his brother, obviously, uh, uh, eyebrows McGee. Peter Peter Gallagher Peter Gallagher Gallagher. (laughs) eyebrows Mickey he does have out of control eyebrows um but yeah he did he did a really great job um uh, playing like the the straight man like he was worried about him the whole time it just it was a great (laughs) overall like everybody played their parts really well the movie the storyline moved along really well like as a movie it actually works and it's a true comedy where reminds me of he doesn't learn anything. There is no art. Yeah. He oh, doesn't no. he doesn't become better at the end. He doesn't become worse at the end. He's the exact same person at the end as he was at the beginning. Um so it's a true uh what 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 is it, Greek comedy where yeah. there's no arc in the movie or in before, the story. Before we move on, when you're talking about eyebrows and McGee, that really because the only people who know that he's in that theater of life are him wallace is his name right wallace and his brother mm-hmm. um and so richie. He, richie yeah um and so he brings Lori to his brother's house and he introduces him her in front of him and all of these all of the, the germans he was doing a presentation for 
as the, the hooker. <laughs> he's a, he's the call girl. She's the call girl. Minister's call girl. Defense call minister's girl. call girl. So she she hits him and walks away, and he just thinks it's part of the act. And then like, and then Richard Richie's the only one that knows knows what's going on. And then all of the Germans are like, "Oh, he just brought a hooker into." <laughs> oh, it's so good, dude. And like, wait, what does your brother do for <laughs> for work? And they're like, oh, he's in the film. Business. He's in the movie business. And like, oh, oh. okay, okay, okay. And they 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 make fun of him because. He works at Blockbuster Video, Des Moines, Iowa. That, that's that's he's in the film industry. Honestly, when I was on my mission, uh, Dad lost his job. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will tie in, I promise. When I was on my mission, my dad lost his job. So I got a letter from my mom saying that um, in the process that they didn't know if they were going to move dad from one place or another, if they were going to, if there was a chance he could move to Portland, Oregon, there was a chance that he, there there was also a chance that he could move to Des Moines, Iowa. So I got the, I got a letter freaked me out so bad. I got a letter saying you might not be coming home to Salt Lake city, Utah. You might be coming home to Des Moines, Iowa, which (laughs) depressed me greatly. No offense to the good people in Des Moines, Iowa, but I, I like the mountains, but, uh, as soon as mom said that I turned and looked at my companion and was like, elder, <laughs> I'm going to have to work at the blockbuster to video in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> and you made that he joke. He had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> you made that joke about two weeks after everyone else in our family made that joke. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Cause everybody was, <laughs> but he had no idea what I was talking about. I can't yeah. even I can't even hear the word blockbuster video without thinking Des Moines, Iowa. Without thinking Des Moines, Iowa. I can't hear Des Moines, Iowa without thinking blockbuster video. Yep. It's fair. After after that movie, movie I, it's I, a it's a cult classic in our in and it's just specifically the Giffords. Like the rest of our extended family, they're like, Yeah, it's good, it's fine. But for whatever reason, mom, dad, Jake, Scott, Jesse, yep. Liza, we die every time we watch it so um okay so uh let's move on my goat uh bill murray film is uh probably this is this is my my hot take probably the most beloved bill murray film of all time uh in fact it's so beloved they even made a super bowl commercial this last year or this <laughs> last Super Bowl, depicting it and that is groundhog day i'm sorry what was that again i'm a god you're god I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think. Because you survived a car wreck? You folks ready to order? I didn't just survive a wreck. I wasn't just blown up yesterday. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. Oh, really? And every morning I wake up without a scratch on me, not a dent in the fender, I am an immortal. Special today is blueberry waffles. Why are you telling me this? Because I want you to believe in me. You're not a god. You can take my word for it. This is 12 years of Catholic school talking. I could come back if you're not ready. How do you know I'm not a god? (laughs) Oh, please. How do you know? Because it's not possible. I'll come back. Doris. This is Doris. Her brother-in-law, Carl, owns this diner. She's worked here since she was 17. More than anything else in her life, she wants to see Paris before she dies. Oh, boy, what are you doing? This is Debbie Kleiser and her fiancé, Fred. Do I know you? They're supposed to be getting married this afternoon, but Debbie is having second thoughts. What? Lovely ring. This is Bill. 
He's been a waiter for three years since he left Penn State and had to get work. He likes the town, he paints toy soldiers, and he's gay. I am. <laughs> this is Gus. He hates his life here. He wishes he stayed in the Navy. Well, I could have retired on half pay after 20 years. Excuse me? Is this some kind of trick? Well, maybe the real God uses tricks. You know, maybe he's not omnipotent. He's just been around so long. He knows everything. Oh, okay. Well, who's that? This is Tom. He worked in the coal mine until they closed it down. And her? It's Alice. Came over here from Ireland when she was a baby. She lived in Erie most of her life. He's right. And her? Nancy. She works in the dress shop and makes noises like a chipmunk when she gets real excited. Hey! It's true. How do you know these people? I told you, I know everything. In about five seconds, a waiter's gonna drop a tray of dishes. Five, four, That's three, nuts. two, one. Okay? Okay, that's enough. They even made uh, a uh, holiday after it. Every year. <laughs> they celebrate that movie. Right. Every Did you year, know that I'm living that movie right now? <laughs> um, I wake up every morning listening to Sonny and Cher and experience the exact same thing over and over. That is actually... Over. You just smash your fitting. That everybody who is in this quarantine kind of feels like they're in a bit of a repeating Groundhog, Groundhog Day. So yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, what way, what day is it? Thematic. I don't know what day it is. Oh shoot! Uh, I have work tomorrow. I think I have work tomorrow, so it's Sunday. <laughs> Yesterday was Saturday. Today is also Saturday, and then tomorrow <laughs> Saturday. Um, <laughs> so next uh, week will be Saturday. <laughs> um. Groundhog Day, uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, get your head out of your ass and go watch it. Um, but if you haven't seen it, the movie is about a, a, a man. I think he plays, he's, he's a weatherman, isn't he? Yeah, weatherman. Yeah, right, he's a weatherman. And he goes to do a report in, in, in Pittsburgh, a weatherman in Pittsburgh yeah. who's trying to get into a better market. Exactly. Uh, so he goes to um, Punxsutawney. Punxsutawney. Thank you. I keep forgetting. Anyway, Punxsutawney, which is where the groundhog lives. Um, the, 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 anyway, so he goes there to do a report. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, he goes to do a report and then basically gets stuck in a loop, um, where he just wakes up the same, like every night, like he goes to bed at night, wakes up the next day and everything is the exact same. Um, and the movie, the funny thing is the movie never really tells you how long he's been stuck in that loop. But, but it's, it's, it's years, years. I've I've seen, I've seen like interviews and stuff that was like, Oh, the original script is really dark. Like Mm -hmm. he's there for like 10,000 years. Oh, wow. Repeating. And like, he's like the movie, the original script gets really dark and the amount of times he kills himself and the depression he goes through and all that different stuff. Like it it can get pretty. It's just kind of funny because like it, it it goes into that whole, what would you do if you had to live the same day, like over and over again for 10,000 years? If you had unlimited time where you wouldn't die and whatever. And you could, but you couldn't persist any like work you did. Like if you, if you did like, if you were writing a book, you'd have to rewrite the, you know, yeah, everything. You couldn't, yeah. you couldn't persist it. Yeah. So what he what he ended up doing is he ended up bettering himself. He learned how to play the piano. He uh, yeah, things that he could intrinsically he, carry on to the next yeah, day. Yeah. He he learned about people's lives and learned how to like you know like was able to talk to them and get to know them. You know, like he was able to uh, you know basically walk throughout town and prevent things from happening. Your 
or uh, change a person, change some old lady's flat tire. You know, like, yeah, it, it is important. Good Samaritan, but with superheroes, it, it, on, superpowers almost. It is important to know uh, what Jake said that he he's trying to get into. He's ambitious and trying to get into a bigger market, and so yeah. being sent to Punxsutawney to, to report on on Groundhog mm-hmm. Day, like that, that's like the lowest of the low. That's the big. Mm-hmm. That's the fluffiest of the fluff on the news, and so he's like. He hates that he's there. He hates all the people there. Um, and so he has to go through this big learning, this big uh, growing uh, thing. And yeah, so um, that is a big part of his of his uh, character arc. Yeah. Learning to love people, learning to love. Even Ned Ryerson. Even Ned Ryerson. Ned? Ned Ryerson? <laughs> Dude, I love that when he hugged him and he's like, let's run away. <laughs> what are you doing today? Let's just let's just get out of here and make it a day and let's run away. And then Ned's like, uh, it's gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, only man. time he doesn't go, watch that next step. It's a doozy. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think that the uh the Groundhog Day Super Bowl commercial was probably the only commercial that I actually remember and loved. Like, Jeep. It was a Jeep one, right? Yeah, but but just to get to get Bill Murray to reprise that, and and a lot of those same actors to reprise it, like their their roles was just I don't know, it was just fun. It was just a nice little blast to the past. Mm-hmm. Blast uh, in the past. Speaking of, we got some Andy McDowell action. She's not. I haven't seen her since the '90s. When was it? Was she in Multiplicity? Was she the? Remember that movie, Multiplicity? Yeah, I think she was in that. I think she was the wife in Multiplicity. I think that might be the last thing I remember seeing her in. Interesting. I, I, she was in a bunch. Of, I think she was in a bunch of chick books. <clears throat> she was in. She was in Multiplicity. She was also in Michael, the movie with. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, that's John a good movie. Trolter that's a great movie too. Yeah. I like Andy McDowell. I thought she was great. I'm kind of sad that I don't see her in as much anymore because she's actually doing a lot, um, <laughs> but a lot of stuff that you wouldn't care about. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and speaking of uh, supporting cast, uh, his brother Brian Doyle. Mm-hmm. Brian Doyle, he's a mayor. Uh, right? Mayor, dude. That scene when he drives the 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 um, groundhog in the truck and drives it into the quarry and explodes the quarry, <laughs> <laughs> and the cameraman like, Tony Phil. He could have survived that. He, the cameraman looks down and he's like, yeah, he probably could have survived, and then it explodes. <laughs> that was funny. I like that. Um, but I also think that movie will will forever change that Sonny and Cher song uh, in your mind and, and not be able to listen to it the same way ever again. In fact, I think I may change my uh, my alarm ringtone to be that during this quarantine because, I mean, it's, it may end here. That will last all of about three days. I know, right? <laughs> we should have done that two months ago. My goodness. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, that's Groundhog Day. That's a good one. I, that I was um, <clears throat> that that was one of my runner ups that I that I wanted to put in there, and um, I mean if not for uh, the man who knew too little, it's it's probably my second favorite. It's so good. Yeah, it's it, one of the only ones. What's interesting that I just realized is that um, three of our between our runner up and our goat three of them are the ones are ones that he is the the lead mm-hmm. the solo lead between Manu Too Little and uh Groundhog Day and Scrooged 
You could make an argument for one about Bob, but I think that the... I think Richard Dreyfuss is kind of a co-lead actor in that one. But yeah, Groundhog Um, Day, Man Who Knew Too Little, and Scrooge, yeah. There's not many where he is the... the, Because like Lost in Translation, that is definitely Scarlett Johansson's film. Um, But he he plays a huge role in that. but uh, Ghostbusters, he's not Ghostbusters. Obviously, is a is a, a group. Uh, it's just it's very interesting where that uh, the ones that we're picking are uh, are movies that where he is the lead actor. Yeah. But I mean, like I challenge you. Other than these three, pick a few more that uh, that where he is the lead. And there's not. I mean, many there's like point. I don't know if you've seen like recently Saint Vincent. St. Vincent was the one that I really wanted to watch for this and then never I did. saw it in theater. It, it was okay. It wasn't anything great. That but. had Melissa McCarthy in it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I wanted to watch it and I didn't see it. And it made makes me sad. I'll watch it. I doubt I'll report on that though. Sorry guys. <laughs> That's all right. Um I'm just uh I'm just looking through here. I and mean, like if you like just being honest, like he's not he doesn't yeah, he, play a lot of leading roles, but he is a very beloved actor. And going back to Groundhog Day, I would say that's probably America's most beloved film of his. But it is. It's so good. It, it's it's the feel good movie that has deep. There's lots of deep meaning in it, mm-hmm. um, but it's still Bill Murray. So he has his his sense of humor isn't like as as a. What, are, what is it advertiser friendly as as yeah. any but um it's still really good and and pretty clean as far as uh what bill murray put out in that time period but i think that's also maybe a statement of his of him as a like as a person yeah he might be hard to work with or he might be hard to you know professionally get along with or whatever but he's okay not being a lead yeah think about it um <clears throat> and then but you also want to uh, kind of give a shout out to some of his other roles that kind of sometimes go a little bit more forgotten like his role in space jam where Mm -hmm. uh, where he he plays himself but he literally plays a pretty vital role (laughs) like i think he ends up like saving the game doesn't he because he's like one of the one of the looney tunes goes out and he comes in and he actually can ball right yep um and then uh the other one i was thinking of was uh osmosis jones (laughs) oh yeah He's the guy that it's, it's just one of those roles. Cause when you think of Osmosis Jones, you think of the cartoon aspect of it. You don't think of the live action aspect where mm-hmm. it's literally his body. Um, <laughs> Frank is, is his character. But like you think about those, um, he plays Face a Jim, lot of those. Osmosis Jones. Yeah. Those, those ones are interesting. But even, even, he even makes a, uh, um, a cameo appearance in little shop of horrors. Um, yep, that's true. I, he he plays one of the, the dentist patients, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Anyway. So there you go. Bill Murray. Um, okay. Should we, uh, should we get a vote going? See what, uh, what we pick for the, yeah, let's, let's vote. recap. Let's recap the four, um, goats. We got Chris's, which is lost in translation. Uh, Jake's, which is what about Bob Scott's, which is Scott's, which is the man who knew too little. And then mine, which is groundhog day. Did we get Chris's vote? I got, I just texted him. So did he send it to you? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. All right. Well then uh, let's see here. So um, I'm going to go ahead and vote for uh, the man. So let's, let's start with what about Bob? Oh, anybody voting for what about Bob? 
Man Who Knew Too Little. That's two votes for Man Who Knew Too Little. <laughs> I uh, just put him in that my pick, damn it. <laughs> Groundhog Day. Chris votes for Groundhog Day, by the way. Mm. And then uh, Lost in Translation. Scott's pick. All right. So it's Man Who Knew Too Little. Little is the is the goat. Is the cold bow goat. Fantastic. Nice. Surprise me. And I'm not I'm happy not, about that one. Even though it's a Gifford winner, I'm actually not ashamed that I voted for it. So Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, feel shame, Troy. Feel shame. But you no. should feel shame for so much more than voting for something that Scotty or I think. <laughs> so much more. So Have you much. seen my forehead? Um, no, oh funny story. I was on a I was on a hike with my daughter, my oldest daughter Rory. She's uh, turning 10 in a little bit. And we were on, we were just 10? on. 10? Yeah, 10. Lord have mercy. I know. Uh, so we were walking back and she's like, she just out of this, she's like, Dad, do you think I, I look more like you or look more like mom? And I'm like, Yeah, I think, I think you have some, uh, some, both of our features. And she's like, Yeah, but I don't have your gigantic forehead. <laughs> <laughs> why did i take a drink right in the middle of that <laughs> i honestly was not trying to do a spit take but i very nearly spit water all over my computer and then she's like and then immediately she's like i'm sorry dad that was really mean <laughs> out of the mouth of babes oh my god uh, that is so fantastic uh, uh, but really, when it comes down to it, I don't have shame for voting for the man who knew too little. Uh, even if it is a Gifford winner, uh, all I want is a good episode. And I think, it's I think a, that, that's a great movie. Yeah. Great episode. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This was awesome. I freaking loved the homework, the, mm-hmm. the, that aspect of this. I can't wait to do another one of these. Yeah. Um, the, there's going to be more coming. There's going to be a lot more coming. I'm deep I'm di- like deep dives on uh, on on specific actors because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's so many that are going to be. The Jack Black one is one that I'm very much looking for. Oh, dude, dude, I know. I've been thinking about him. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's some good. He's got some variety too that you don't that you don't realize. That you don't expect. Absolutely, yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah. Before, Sorry, uh, uh, before we, uh, we um, say our goodbyes and everything, I just want to uh, say a, a few things. Uh, check out our Patreon. Um, it is uh, patreon.com slash coldbowpodcast. Um, you can also go to our uh, coldbowpodcast Instagram. It's just coldbowpodcast. Uh, and um, there's a link on there that will, it's a link tree link, but it'll give you links to all of our things where you can go to our Patreon. You can get merch. Uh, we have shirts. We're going to have more once Amazon gets their stuff together uh, and you can also listen to us on spotify you itunes if and hit us up on facebook or instagram anywhere i think we have a twitter we're not very active on twitter sorry folks yeah. it's definitely um, instagram if you want to if you instagram's where we're the most active um absolutely let us know what you think let us know what your favorite bill murray movie is because we want definitely want to know that let us know if you think we're off base here um yeah interact with us let us know we actually have been we do a lot of uh bsing to begin before we start talking that we we record a lot of that stuff and i think we might start start releasing some of that stuff to patreon users i think that some of that stuff might be interesting for people to hear um so, so th- th- there's just some things that that might be coming if uh, if we can get uh, you all to 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 
Maybe pony give up. a little. Pony up. <laughs> po- pony up and give it. <clears throat> That's what I'm looking for right there. Funny. No, but really, if you, uh, if you enjoy listening to us or if you're on YouTube and you're watching us, uh, if you enjoy our interactions, if you enjoy- That's true. Get on YouTube. Yeah. Cobo Podcast on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can start seeing us. Mm-hmm. See what our faces look like. You can mm-hmm. see my awesome Hawaiian shirt, uh, Tiger King style. You can see my forehead. Um, not in this episode because I'm wearing a hat, but I wasn't in the last episode. So, yeah, fun stuff. Just take off my hat. Anyway, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for participating with us. I, I'm glad I, we can get together next time. Let's hope Chris can make it. We want we want to make sure we get him here. We love Chris. <sighs> so I want to give one more one more shout out real quick. Uh, he is interacts with us probably more than anybody else, and that's Brian. Uh, We've talked about Brian. We talk about before. Brian all the time, but he he is basically he's a cold bro at this point. I mean, yeah, that's he's true. He's always interacting with us. He is, and so I just want to give another cold, uh, another shout out to Brian. Like, thank you, man, for listening. What up, Brian? How's dude, Phoenix? Is it dude, hot now, now that we're now that we're doing Zoom stuff? We should have him hop on. That would be fun. That'd, That'd be, be great. At least That'd for a segment great. or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I love Brian. Um, <laughs> Every time I see him, he has a, another question to ask about Cold Bow. So, yeah. And, he, and he, he's always interacting with us on social media and giving us suggestions, tips, things. And um, honestly, like it, people like Brian who interact with us the way that you do makes us really enjoy doing this. And so thank you for listening. Thank you specifically, Brian, for everything. So you're great. I'm calling Brian. out. <laughs> well. Well, is there anything else? No, that's it for me. Well, if there's nothing else, then we'll get going. Thank you guys and love you. Bye. 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 Bye.